Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And I'm talking with Sass for the next half hour. I'm glad you're listening. If you didn't hear our first half hour together, I invite you to go to relate365.org, relate365.org, and download the podcast or other podcasts for your benefit. Sass, it's great to be with you again, and uh, hopefully we can enjoy our conversation for another half hour. I got some questions for you this half hour, though. Absolutely. I want to see your mind frame on this. I want to know, what does success look like to you? When you get to be my age and you look back on your life, what will success look like? Mm, That's a good question. I think a success would look like, boy, that's something I'm going to have to think about because I've really never thought about being successful. Okay, well, let me ask you another question then. If you've never really thought about what success looked like, how are you preparing to be successful in life? Well, it would have to be like making sure that I'm working my dream job I wanted and that I'm also making sure that somebody's always willing to like... Yeah, but if you don't know what success looks like, you're not headed there. You're hoping it hits you. Mm. So it would be a good thing to define what it is, mm-hmm. right? No, I'm not going to define it for you. I'm just suggesting that somebody in your age bracket and anybody listening in your age bracket be able to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom behind answering that question is you can set goals. For example, if I told you my goal is to be a professional football player, now I can set goals. I need to work on my strength and my agility and my weight, mm-hmm. right? I need to work on my height, <laughs> be a little taller, get on a stretch machine or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I have to do something if that's really my – if I'm going to measure my success by whether I ever played in the NFL or not, mm-hmm. then I need to do something to try and play in it. Like short-term goals. Right. Short or long-term. I yeah. mean, let me ask you this. I, I, I know the question got you off guard, but I know you have some understanding of success. Mm-hmm. I just know you do. Yes. So, so let me ask you this. By the end of your life, will you want to have known God in an intimate way where you trusted him with the various facts of your life? A hundred percent. Then that's how you're going to measure success toward the end. So if you want to know God at the end of your life, if you want to know you walked with him, you want to know that you did what you should, what do you need to do today? To know him and to make him known. Okay. You need to get in the Bible, yep. right? So if I were you, just like if I was a weightlifter or whatever, I'd, I'd set little goals that say, I want to, for, for example, I'll give you some of my goals. I want to read the Bible through every year. Mm-hmm. Okay, simple goal. I can track that. I can know whether I'm on or not. I've already finished it for this year, so I did it in about a half a year, and now I'm starting on my second time. Mm-hmm. Now, the second time is a bonus. I didn't really put that in my goals, mm-hmm. but I want to know God, so if I want to know God, I need to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I also want to use the Bible to teach. I want to teach, so I'm always, and I talked to you about that earlier, every day I put things in a format that I can teach. Since I want to teach, at the end of my life, I'm going to be able to look back and go, did I know God? Mm -hmm. Did I make him known? If the answer is yes to both of those, my life was successful. Mm -hmm. Notice I didn't make it more complicated than that. You could have so many levels on there. I didn't say I need to have a certain amount of money. I didn't say I need to live in a certain spot. I didn't say, but the, the general goals. So if I want to know God, I need to spend time with him. If I want to make him known, then I need to be looking for opportunities to share what I know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean when you look long-term and make 
general goals on what success looks like. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you, 25-year-old about, I know you're a little less than that, but a 25-year-old, sit down and set some goals with the idea of, I want to be successful, and here's what success is, and set some goals so that you can get there one day. Mm -hmm. And uh, you won't get there in one day, by the way. No, it'll take years. Now, again, God knows how many years you've got, Mm -hmm. and only he does. So he's got you on a, a track already towards it. And that's important. Um, uh, let me ask you, what is the number one problem you see in the world today? You're, again, I'm talking to a 25-year-old. I'm in my late mm. 60s, so we might see it differently. If I were to say, give me one problem in the world that's just overwhelming. It's the fact that people are turning a, a blind eye on God. Okay. There, here's, okay. Here's a caveat to it. Okay. Because we have, because we're in a day of technology, everybody knows they can accessible. The Bible is accessible to anyone, right? And anyone like we have missionaries, we have people going around the world and stuff. And it's still sad because we have we look at the whole <clears throat> Russia and Ukraine's fiasco. Okay. Well, the war is still going on. And the interesting part is that if you know God, and I definitely can tell you, people in Russia know who God is, then. And if they like vote biblically, then how can this war still be going on? And how come Putin's not out of the out of the presidency yet? You know, and that shows you how people are turning a blind eye. They're kind of deliberately turning their back on because at some point there's casualties going on, and it's like people know between what it is right and wrong. Yeah. Now you you started to mention uh, a little bit of a uh, number one problem, uh, describing it as almost a, a a godless political system. Bingo. Okay, so because I'm a political person, so you, know you are a political person, and I would expect you to go that way with your brain because I, I, I think <laughs> you, you know me you, way too well. You do like getting in politics, don't you? You know me. So why do you, why do you like politics? Well, the reason. So I've always, you know, when you grow up in a country that doesn't have any freedom. Okay, tell people where did you come from? I came from Russia. And and what? When did you come over here? I came to America in 2006. Okay, and how old were you? I was eight and a half. Okay, so you do remember Russia? Yes. Okay. And then I served in the United States Air Force. Okay. Uh, and I went to a country that didn't have freedoms. Right. Um, and so when you live in the country, and now that but they also didn't know who God was, and. When you go in a country that doesn't know that, and then you come back to a country that is like deliberately turning their back on God and stepping away, you're going to do everything in your power to say, whoa, 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 let's hold on the break for a second. Now, this is a both, this is a both Democrat and Republican issue. I'm not just saying one side or the other. Both sides are at fault for it because both sides know like who, because both sides said, well, we're, you know, we're Christian, so we agree on the certain policies. Well, and then the Republicans say the same thing. So you don't really know between what is right and wrong. And they've twisted the truth to become a lie, and the lie become the truth. And it's deceiving a lot of people. And that's a, and that's a problem that I'm noticing, is that the, the amount of deception in the world is astronomical. Is that because of the, uh, the accessibility to technology? A hundred percent. Is it? And now that, but the fact that we have... For instance, if you truly know the truth, and if you truly know the truth and stuff, you would want to like, and the reliance on other people. How do you know the truth in this technological age, though? You don't. And the fact that we have people thinking for us. So, like, for instance, I can pull up, like, I can pull up, like, I went and spoke to, I spoke about to 50 people last, like, this past couple, like, this, in the in the month of May. And I told them, hey, what was going on? You know what the resource they said? They said, I listen to CNN or I listen to MSNBC and Fox News as my reliable source. I'm like, see, there's your issue. 
because you're listening to only one side and you're being deceived to only thinking one side. And that's what's causing a that's what's causing like so much mass confusion and that's where you're causing the truth to be twisted because you don't know the truth. Right. And the 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 technology what we talked about in the previous episode this has done more damage to the next generation than it has done in your So generation. what's the answer for someone in your age bracket? Where do you find the truth? You find the truth through the Bible. Okay. Uh, where do you find the truth in news? You find the truth. You don't. Okay. Uh, well, that's an honest answer. I mean, I, you, so you never really know what you're hearing if it's true or not. Because everybody have, has biases. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So when you look at it, it's like, you know, just for the record, at my age, I don't watch CNN, Fox, or whatever the other one was you mentioned. MSNBC. Yeah, I don't watch it. Okay. Um, you know, my generation, believe it or not, used to get their news from the local newspaper. That's where we used to get it. And and mostly we read the local newspaper because it had local stories in it. Yeah. And now the local newspaper got bought out. Not only did it get bought out, but now it, it there's very, you know, it's dying. Yeah. The, you know, the local newspaper is definitely dying. So So because people are going to the Internet to get their news. And the news can be twisted and turned. I mean, you can look at through history, uh, Hitler and how he twisted things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can go back as, as far as Freud and talk about propaganda and how that works. And, you know, that's been a standard. And the funny thing is in the Bible, if you think it's funny in a sad way, is that Satan is known as the father of lies. Yep. You know, he's a father of deception. So he wants to spread lies. Now, I agree with you. I think the number one problem is that we're godless as a culture, especially the United States right now, because I don't know the other countries like you might. I haven't been there. I, I you know, I can only tell you what I've read on the news or what I've seen, <laughs> and I know that that's unreliable, so I, yeah. I try and not make judgment calls on what's going on in other countries. Um, I know that people from all over the world listen to this podcast and listen to the other podcasts that we have. And, and really, the goal is not to be political on mm-hmm. those. The goal is to, to say something from God's word to help people love God and walk with God no matter where they're at. And, and so, you know, we've been getting listeners from South Africa and from England and, and all over the place. So it, it just it, the goal is still the same. Mm-hmm. We want people to walk with God. But when you think of a solution, I think, okay, there could be a solution, but we have to find people who know God and mm-hmm. love God and put them in a place where they can make decisions. And see, and it's interesting because this brings me to another question that I've always done, pondered on. When Jesus said that the path is very narrow, I did not realize until this year of how actually narrow the path is and how like it's a lot narrower than we think it is. And that truly you can go out your back door. Like I could go off, I could not go off campus, but I could go off camp and uh, there's already godless people in, or in, right. in, in like in the city and like near us and stuff. It's really sad. And but they they identify themselves as Christians. That's why I come up with a new model. Okay, what is it? So Christian is like water. Like being when you call yourself a Christian, it's like water. It tastes nothing. It has no no like kick to it and stuff. It's got no reverence. And because sin has tampered and has desecrated the term uh, being a Christian, that's why I stated that um, you are a child of God. Right. That, that has a reverence to it. Yeah. And that's got more of a, a weight to it. What are your thoughts? What, what do you think that, do you think Trim Christian has become like water? Water? Well, yeah, down? I don't think we know anything about anyone anymore because, it, you know, the, the bottom line is we can present ourselves any way we want on social media. We can present ourselves any way we want off social media. Mm-hmm. 
And, and I think what we've learned, if anything, from social media, and, and again, I could be totally wrong, but is how to present ourselves in a way that looks like we want to be presented. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a politician in general, now you may be insulted by this, but when you look at a politician in general, they, they, they tend to look whoever they're talking to and become them. Yep. You know, I mean, so, you know, we've learned in the United States of America not to trust politicians. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not, not only that, when I think about, when I think about becoming a politician, and I don't, but people have asked me through time, you know, why don't you do this? So, well, because first of all, I really don't think someone who actually loves God and walks with God is even electable. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason being is that if you were to ask me my platform, I'd say, well, one of the most important things that I'm going to do is represent God mm-hmm. in this office. I, I'm going to pray about the decisions that I make. And I'm praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac. You know, I'm, I'm praying to God. Mm-hmm. And, and so you need to understand that. When I hear a politician say, well, I am a Christian, but it's not going to affect my decision making. I wonder if they're a Christian. You, yeah. you can't even be a believer and say, yes, I'm a believer. It'd be like me coming to you saying, yes, I'm married, but that doesn't affect my behavior. <laughs> that doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And, and being married does affect my behavior. Yeah. Being a Christian affects my thinking and my behavior. I believe the Bible is true. I believe that it's God's word. Therefore, I believe two people should not be engaged in sexual relations before they're married. Yep. I believe man and woman alone should be married, not two men, not two women, not a dog and a you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they should be committed to each other for life. Mm-hmm. I believe that when you have a baby in the womb, you let it come to term and get born. That's the goal. You don't murder it mm-hmm. and call it abortion and make it sound right. Mm-hmm. So I believe all those things. So as I talk this way, I look at the United States and the, and the climate of the United States, and, and back maybe when the nation was first formed, I might be electable. Mm-hmm. But today, I'm not electable, not with that kind of stand. So really, it's not that I, I think what's happening is that the, the, um, the atmosphere is such where people like myself and in our late 60s who do love God and walk with God are saying, sorry. You know, we can't really do much about this mm-hmm. because we can't be put into leadership. And every time I get up and say something like, I believe God made boys to be boys and girls to be girls, you know, I, I don't want to keep fighting the world on that mm-hmm. because that is what I believe scriptures teach. And, and I'm not going to move from it. So you can throw stones at me, throw me in jail, do whatever you want to do. That's still what I think the scriptures teach. So how am I going to? start saying something I don't even believe in anymore. So um, I need to stick with the Bible, and, and I think our politicians too, but I'm not sure if they do, how electable they are. No, and here's another question, though. I don't know if you watched the Jesus Revolution movie. I've not. No. So, you know, back in the 1960s, there was this big movement called the Jesus Revolution. Yep. Yep. Where are all those people? If it was such a big movement, if it drew in, like, thousands and, like, potentially millions of people... Well. They could still be there. Here, here's, the, here's the problem I think you and your generation will have to deal with, especially as my generation gets older. Uh-huh. There's a silent majority out there. They're quiet. But at what point do they speak up, though? They don't because they, that's how they get their name. They're a silent majority. They don't think it matters. Because here, here's what's happening. 
we're not behind all the social media. We're not, we're not out there working to get our deception known by people. <laughs> yeah. Right? When you know the truth, you don't have to advertise it. Mm-hmm. So we're not out there. All those people trying to get you to think like they think, they need to do it because they don't have a case. Mm-hmm. For example, if, if, if I was, let's just say this. Say you're watching a football game, and I am the best football player that ever walked the planet. All mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm massive. I'm six foot 10, 400 pounds. I run the 40 in two seconds flat. I'm, I'm just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. How much time do I spend trying to convince you that I'm good? Not very much. None. None. Why? Because I am. Mm-hmm. So if you come up to me and say, you're a fat old guy that can't run, I tap you on the head and dismiss you. <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't have to prove anything to you. Yeah. Just watch the game. Do you know in my football career, and I only played in college, I never had to tell the coach that I was good or bad. He always knew. Why? Because he watched me. So, so the deal is very simple. People who know the truth, they don't need to have propaganda. They don't need to get out there all the time and, and, and tell people, you really need to listen to me. I know the truth. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do it. Why? Because you got the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you want to twist it. Abortion is murder. Mm-hmm. You say, well, no. It, uh, okay, you're the one that has to go and propagandize this. Yeah. Why? Because the truth is you're taking a life and killing it. Yep. That's the truth. So I don't need to say anything. Oh, you're just dogmatic. I'm done talking. Mm-hmm. Because you murder, you want to murder a baby. You can call it anything you want. You can redefine it. You can do it. But here's what I know. Because it's a lie. You have to spend thousands and millions of dollars on your message. Yeah. Where I don't have to spend any money on my message because mine is the truth. You are. Likewise, you know, how, how much money do I need to spend to say my wife is a girl and I'm a boy? <laughs> None. None. Because that's how it is. Yeah. Now, if you want to prove differently, you're going to have to spend an awful lot of money on propaganda to try yeah. and figure that one out. So truth doesn't really take you know, um, a lot of effort. You just say, here's the truth. That's why you've heard me in class when I taught about who God is. There is a God. Mm-hmm. And normally I say, I'm not him. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Why? That's the truth. Yeah. There's, he, there's a creator and sustainer of life. Oh, yeah, how do you know? How do I know? I don't even need to. I got a pen in my hand. We know somebody made it. Mm-hmm. We know it has a purpose. It's a pen. Look mm-hmm. at the universe. I'm done. Yeah. See, in other words, Truth doesn't need all the fanfare. No. So you look in the world today with all the propaganda and all the, all the messages, and now when you're in politics, how much time do they spend trying to sell what they're trying to sell? Uh, they spend more time deceiving the public than they actually spend right. time solving the issue. They're, they're trying to sell something. Yep. That's why I think, boy, I, I wouldn't be a good politician because I'd get up, I'd be done after one speech. Mm. Be like, what do you believe in? Here's what I believe in. In fact, I, I once mockingly said, if I ran for president, I'd put a platform online and I'd never go to a speech. Because you want to know what I believe in? Right there. Yeah. It's already written. Here's what I believe. I'm not going to change. You can ask me any question you want. If you ask me about what's going on in, in Canada, I'd probably say I don't know anyway mm-hmm. because I really don't know. I haven't been up there recently. And if you think I need to know everything that's going on in Canada to be president of the United States, then don't elect me because <laughs> I really don't know what's going on in every province of Canada. Yeah. Or, or 
Ukraine or, or Russia, you might say, you know, what do you think about Russia? He said, I don't know. I'll have to get a bunch of experts around me when, if I'm president and get yeah. them to make decisions because I'm not going to pretend that I know what's going on in Vladimir Putin's mind. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't think he knows. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on. So I, th- I think our nation, to get back to civility, needs to start understanding the harder somebody works at trying to get you to believe like they do, perhaps they don't even know the truth. Yeah. Because the truth is usually pretty simple. Yeah. And and it blows my mind of how, and it, 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 like with that phrase, Satan's goal is to s- deceive and to destroy. Right. He's the father of lies. Yep. He's the father of deception. That's what God calls him. Again, that's a lot of words then. To try and convince somebody of something. It's so easy, though. Yeah. And, I mean, look at the Pharisees. Jesus would heal a guy. That's all he would do. Yeah. He, he would, boom, heal a guy. And they'd be going on and on about how bad he is. It's like, it, well, I just, why could I heal a guy? Because I'm God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the proof's in the pudding here. I, you know, you have to talk a lot now about how I healed somebody and get upset about, like, the Sabbath or whatever else you're getting upset about. Yeah. Well, it's like, for instance, it's like um, a lot of people talk about this situation like healings, you know, like, um, like, you know, I was healed from like cancer. I was like healed from like other instances. And like you hear all these stories. Well, it's not I mean, realistically, it's God that healed you. I yes. mean, he doesn't like medicine doesn't have to heal you because we've seen that over work. Over he the may years. use medicine, yeah. but he's the one who heals at the end of the day. And it's interesting how he may use a mom's prayers. Yeah, and it's interesting how the scientists are trying to, like, beat around the bush and say, well, no, we got, like, for instance, I think it's, you know, um, this new cancer pill, that's $15,000 and stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Because it, it's, it's somehow it can cure all cancers. I have no idea. I haven't heard of it. Now, cancer is close to our family, and the, yeah. my, my wife has had it for a couple of years here. So I, I'm extremely familiar with cancer. I'm not familiar with the pill, however... I will tell you that while we went through the cancer treatment, we had faith in God, mm-hmm. and we went through all the treatment. Now, we didn't go through all of it. Now, we had a choice. We could go through radiation. We could go through chemo. We could go through a lot of different things that, that the doctor said would be available to us. And in the end, we chose to not go through chemo. Um, we just felt like we weren't at the stage for a lot of reasons. We just didn't go through chemo. But we went through radiation, and we went through surgery. We went through a bunch of other things that we thought would be more practical to go through. But through all of that, we trusted God. Okay, so I am very glad. When the surgeon was done with the surgery, and the surgeon came in to talk to me, I shook her hand, and I said, thank you. Thank you that, that you went to medical school. Yep. Thank you that you were prepared to do the surgery. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for the surgery. Thank you very much. And she was very touched by it. It was just, but the honest truth is, yes, I'm glad someone knew how to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. God used that person to do that. Could God heal without it? Yes. Sure he could. He created the universe. He could do whatever he wants. But it's kind of like, uh, if I jump off a building, you know, we're told not to tempt God. Is God capable of having me not get hurt? Yes. Yeah, but why are you jumping off a building? Because God made it so that when you jump off a building and you land real hard and you twist your ankle, it probably breaks. You know what I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. how he made you. So you don't tempt God that way. Yeah. 
So, so I think there's a delicate balance there. I think, why is my wife's cancer in, it, I'm not sure they've used the word remission, but I would say we're in that stage right now. Why is it that way? Is it because of the medicine, or is it? Now, I would say 100%. It's because of God. Amen. However, God used some doctors, and just like He does, He uses things. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses the beef, the cow that I ate, <laughs> to give me the energy that I need. You know, it's it. But do I trust in the cow? No. No. But why do you think so many doctors are trying to, like, give them the self-credit? Why do you think so many people are trying to say, no, it was me that healed? Well, because, again, if you don't know God. It's like these pastors, too. Like, yeah. the pastors, like, you know, you hear all these healings, and the pastors, yeah. like, Benny Hinn, like, all these other prosperity. Well, any time you steal glory from God, I think it's a pretty serious thing. Yeah. But I think you don't know God then, and you're trying, you know, honestly, you've heard me say this in Nicolay Bible Institute, God doesn't need me. He doesn't need any of us. No, he wants me. Yeah. That is a whole different concept that people need to deal with. So whether it be a Benny Hinn or whether it be whoever, I don't care who it is, a doctor, one of the the best things they can ever do is say, God, I realize you don't need me to heal this person, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that you want me to and be a part of it and enjoy the process because it's fun. It's just like if, if I get the chance to speak to a bunch of junior campers that are here at camp and many of them come to Christ... I realized God didn't need me to do that, mm-hmm. but he allowed me to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So was it Dave Wager? Was it his words? Well, certainly he used me, but then my brain immediately goes to use donkeys too. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, uh, he used me, and I'm thankful that he did. And I'm thankful that I was in a position where he could use me. Mm-hmm. But did he need me to do that? No. no. So I think we look at that in all areas, whether they be – Doctors, medical, whether whether it be policemen guarding us or whatever. Oh, I'm glad he was there, whatever it might be. Well, yes, because God can use situations for his honor and glory, and he does. He used Mary to give birth to his only son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Joseph was his earthly foster dad, you know I mean, in that sense. Mm-hmm. So he used people in that, but could have God have done it any other way? Well, of course he could have. Uh, yeah. All right, Sass, we're coming to the end again of another podcast together, and mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to head off to Marion College tomorrow? I'm heading out, um, heading, going down uh, to with some friends, just okay. kind of go on a small road trip. And, and then you're going to head up, you're going to end up at Marion College and start studying. Long term, what do you want to do? Long term, I want to start a ministry. Start a ministry in what area? Um, in business, and okay. kind of like help combat human trafficking. Okay, good for you. Because that is a real problem, even though there are some politicians that kind of believe that it may not be or something by the reaction to the film that they... Uh, did you watch that? No, I did not. Oh, that's sad. I, I just watched the reaction and go, really? How could anyone be against a a, a movie that, that is exposing some really evil things that are going on in the world around us? Yeah. So I hope uh, the people that are listening will uh, pay attention to what's going on and and let's position ourselves as a nation to be a God-honoring nation once again, if Amen. we can do that. Uh, I'm Dave Wager, and once again, we're here at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch here in the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I do invite you to go to the website, silverbirchranch.org, silverbirchranch.org. What's your podcast site? 
Uh, my podcast site is the Sauce Report. Sauce Report. So go to the Sauce Report. Go to silverbirchranch.org and see if you can uh, get any more of these uh, podcasts for your future. I appreciate Sauce and his service this summer. We'll be looking forward to seeing him come back in the years to come. Once again, Dave Wager from Silver Birch Ranch and Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.